Hi, this is Helena Hart, and welcome to the Master Your Magnetism podcast, where I interview top experts to help you create the life and relationship you've always wanted. Today, I'm talking with Brian Reeves. For those of you who aren't familiar with Brian, he is a former United States Air Force captain and relationship expert and coach. He's also a best-selling author, and I'm just such a huge fan of Brian's work. So welcome, Brian. Thank you so much for being here today. Hi, Helena. I'm so glad to be here. It's nice to talk with you again. Yes, I always learn so much doing these interviews with you, which I absolutely love. So I know we're going to go really deep into this topic today. Today, Mm -hmm. we're talking about some specific things that sort of create an environment for someone to fall in love. And more importantly, the importance of self-love and not shrinking yourself down in order to try to make someone fall in love with you or gain their approval. Mm -hmm. So let's dive in, Brian. What's the first thing you wanted to say on this topic? Well, the first thing that I want to say is there's a lot of material out there that in some way, shape, or form encourages you to change yourself, to play a game, to get attention, get, you know, to hook somebody into to being in on you. And I don't play games. I, I love games. I love games. <laughs> but when it comes to love and relationship, uh, look, there are there are certain patterns that are helpful. There are practices that are helpful. There are skills that are helpful that are essential for creating healthy and thriving relationships. There are ways to create polarity, for example. But I don't believe in any of those as as uh, merely ways to you know get what I want. So true. Oh my gosh, it's so in line with all of my work, everything I teach. I mean, you can't keep those things going forever, right? And not only that, you don't want someone to fall in love for this facade that you have on or some sort of game that you're playing. So I'm loving everything you're saying. Yeah, what would actually help foster or create an environment that would help someone fall in love for the real you? (laughs) Yeah. So, so for example, so we're, you and I are, are going to explore a little bit of, of my, my new book, Choose Her Every Day or Leave Her Today. And, and one of the, uh, you know, that title would suggest that it's for, for men or for someone who's, who, uh, who dates women or is married to a woman or loves, but it's for everybody. Uh, this book is written as much for women as it is for men. And in this one chapter that we're exploring, you know, the, the title of the chapter is how to get anyone to fall in love with you. And it's a bit of a, you know, a tongue in cheek chapter. And, and in a way, what I mean by how to get anyone to fall in love with you, I don't mean how to get anyone to romantically be interested in you. <laughs> There's a lot <laughs> of factors that go into that, that I think are, especially if we are going to have integrity with ourselves, that uh, just not everybody's going to be romantically interested in me for all, all kinds of reasons. If I'm being really integrous with who I am, and and that's the that's actually the first, uh, oh, you could say criteria or step that I that I lead with is it's really important to be authentic and vulnerable. Authentic and vulnerable. But what do I mean by that? What I mean by authenticity and vulnerability, I think these are these are buzzwords that uh, I think I don't think we really spend a lot of time talking about what they mean, especially especially vulnerability. There's a lot of, you know, vulnerability is not marketing. 
a lot of people are using vulnerability as as a marketing tool. I especially see this in the in the the coaching world and in the the marketing world. Um, we're using our stories to get what we want, and that's not vulner that's not vulnerability. So, for example, authenticity and vulnerability. Um, I'm a big proponent of right out the gate, Helena, being honest about what I want in what I'm seeking. Um, I, I'll give you an example. When I first met my my now wife, Sylvie, we actually first started chatting on Facebook, uh, not a dating website. You know, or the context we met was not a dating context. It was she found a, a video that I did online and just just she sent me a friend request she didn't reach out to me but she sent a friend request and i said I well we call it our, our digital handkerchief she dropped <laughs> a digital handkerchief and i picked it up i'm no dummy and uh and i reached out and we started chatting uh we were in different states at that time like like i was in idaho and she was in california uh not permanently but i was just traveling and and helena within five minutes of our chatting I told her that I was really ready to meet someone and, and build my life with someone that I was done doing life by myself. Wow. I, I said that within five minutes of chatting with her. I didn't say it because I wanted her to be the one. I had no idea who she was. We just met. Mm -hmm. I mean, I was, you know, at the time I was, I was uh, very single. I was enjoying being single. Um, and I was clear that I really wanted to be in a relationship, but I was willing to not be in a relationship for years to come if that's what life wanted from me. So when I told her, I wasn't, I wasn't using it as a marketing tool. I wasn't trying to enroll her in anything. I wasn't trying to impress her. I wasn't trying to convince her that I'm a good guy. I was just honest. I was authentic and vulnerable. Just I was sharing. I was sharing with her. Yeah, I'm at this amazing place in Idaho. I'm 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 uh, finishing my uh, second book up here, and and I just got clear about something today. This is this is what I, I I typed to her in the message. Just like I just got clear about something today that I'm really done doing my life by myself. I love my life, and I'm and I'm done doing it all alone. So just thought I'd share that with you. Tell me more about you. What's up? What are you up to? You know, there was no. I really didn't have an agenda. Other yeah. than just, other than just, this is what's alive for me right now. And, and we're talking. So here you go. I love that. That is so great. Yeah. That's what, exactly what I was going to say. There was no agenda behind it. It's mm -mm. not like you had said that same thing to mm -mm. 30 other women on Facebook no. this week, right? Mm -mm. <laughs> Very even. authentic no. and organic in the moment. I love that. A hundred percent. It's legit. And, and what's so beautiful about that is, is if that's not what she was looking for, she can bounce fine great filters her out real fast and if it is what she's looking for well now we're having a really interesting conversation now it's like there's an immediate alignment in both our visions to just keep talking or or at least you know even if she wanted to keep talking if she's not in alignment with that well at least i'm clear okay we, we, maybe we'll be buddies maybe we won't but we're not in alignment and that's cool 
Totally. I think that's great. Do you have any tips on how a woman can do this? I mean, this can be mm. difficult, right? If you yeah. can be that transparent and vulnerable yeah. in a sense at the beginning without yeah. having an attachment to the outcome yeah. can be hard. I mean, I, I'm sure it takes a little practice. Do you have any yeah. tips for women looking to do that? Definitely. So, you know, I imagine even in, a, let's say, a first in-person meeting, Sylvie and I, we were chatting on on a Facebook Messenger. So it's, yeah, it's a little different context. Um, but in person or even on the phone before you go to dinner with somebody, shit on your dating profile. Be clear. What are you looking for here? I'm looking for a, a serious, committed relationship. Uh, we don't have to. I don't need to move so fast, but it's important to me that you want that also in order for anything to move forward, right? That you might put that right on your dating profile. If you're at dinner with someone or you're speaking to them, uh, you might just say, you know, I got really clear that I'm ready for children. Like I'm really excited. Like so, when I'm when I date someone, like I'm clear that I want to be married. That's not negotiable. I see this happen a lot with women, particularly that they get into a relationship with a man and they're, they're two years in and wondering, are we getting married or what? Where's yeah. this going? <laughs> yes. Yeah. And, I see that all the time too. Absolutely. They're like afraid to bring it up. They're walking on eggshells, afraid that one wrong move is going to send him out the door or scare him away. Right. A hundred percent. And I don't think that's a conversation you wait to have <laughs> two years into your relationship. Yeah. yeah that's, that's, I a totally conver- agree. that's a conversation that should be had within the first few weeks of dating, mm-hmm. with, if, if not even the first night to the first date. And, and, and it, and it sounds like this it's, and this is, this is the, I think this is the sweet spot that, that does take practice because we can get really attached, especially if you show up and you're like, Ooh, I like this person. He's hot. He's cute. He's whatever. Or he just, there's something about him. I like, I want him. Like when that, when we start to feel that I want him or I want him to want me, whatever, whatever's happening there, that's when we might start to hide a little bit. We might start to be willing to bend our requirements, turn them into requests. You know, I, you know, um, on a first date, people will tell you a lot about what they're what they're up for and what they're not. If we just listen, ask the questions, share vulnerably what's true for us, and then just listen. Um, but being clear that I, I really want to be married—that's really important to me. And I wonder—is that—is that something that's important to you? And then just listen, like that—that that alone, just that will can can potentially give you a wealth of information about <laughs> the person you're sitting in front of whether or not the two of you are are going to be aligned or not. It's so true. I love what you said about having those conversations early. I was just talking to my husband a few nights ago actually talking about, you know, the, the early stages when we were dating and bringing up some of these things and I mm. remember him saying same like at first it felt like oh maybe it's a little too early to to have these conversations but looking back now I'm so happy it all happened back then the way it did because you know if we were to have waited a few more months we both probably would have been so invested and so yeah. attached to each other that it would have felt like a much more high stakes conversation mm, than yeah, having it, you know yeah. early on where it's yeah. you know and if we're not on the same page that's okay neither one of us is going to be devastated if yeah. this doesn't go beyond what it is right now right hey, hey, i think that's a great insight that the longer yeah. you wait the higher the stakes get and the more pressure uh, can be felt. And I, and I think even in that first conversation, when you're talking about this, and again, I don't think you shouldn't go more than a few dates 
before yeah. having this conversation. Am I, am I, look, it's never too late to have the conversation. Let's just say that though. Um, cause some people are going to be listening to that and they're in, they're three years into a relationship wondering <laughs> uh-huh. what, what do I do? I, the first day was a long time ago, <clears throat> but in the, in the beginning, I think reassuring someone, look, it doesn't have to be overnight, but I'm clear that, you know, within, within a year of us meeting, I would expect that we're, we're planning our marriage. Mm-hmm. And then just want to know if that's if that's true if that's something that that you're you're up for and and if you're not that's okay. I just you know, it's important to me that that to even go on a second date that at least we know we're both aligned and even if we don't work out it's not because we don't share a long term vision it's because oh we're just not the right fit for each other. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. It reminds me of something else I said early on is talking about what I didn't want, you know, because maybe I wasn't so clear on exactly what I wanted right. and how I wanted it to unfold. But I said, something I don't want is to get, you know, a year in with someone and then all of a sudden realize that we're not on the same page or that one of us has changed their mind about what we ultimately want. And right away he was like, oh, we're, it's not going to take a year to figure that out. I think we'll know within a few more months whether or not this is really headed somewhere. So yeah, I, I love everything you're saying. It's so important and that's both being authentic and vulnerable and authentic just means you know i know myself i know what is important to me i know what matters to me i know what i'm feeling i know what i'm i know what i'm desiring i know what is a requirement for me not just a request right i i i know myself and and here is me this is me and you don't have to partner with me you know, I, I, I look at it like this as well. Uh, I, it's like practicing relationship as an invitation, not an obligation. Mm. And we create that invitation right up front. And it's like sending uh, an, inv- an invite, a birthday invite to somebody, you know, saying, OK, come to my birthday party. Here's the theme. It's going to be, a, you know, a moonwalking a costume event with uh, 80s music. There's going to be a clown at the party. We're going to dance uh, from uh, in the in the evening. We're going to play pin the tail on a donkey in the afternoon. Uh, kids are allowed. Uh, that's the invitation. Please come. Versus just giving someone a blank card that says, "Come to my party." <laughs> and yeah. you know if they don't like 80s music or clowns weird them out or they don't want to dance or they can't stand being around kids you're well you're clarifying you're giving them clarity so that they can say you know what this ain't the party for me have a good time uh not for me versus you give them no clarity about what kind of party you want to have and they show up and they're mortified at what's going on there because it's not a good fit for them that's what happens with a lot of relationships over time where they don't have these conversations early on. And, 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 and then, as you said, Helena, like the stakes are high because you're attached, mm-hmm. you're, you're viscerally, energetically, your nervous systems are attached to each other. Your, your bodies are <clears throat> dependent on each other. Your, you, you, your hormone, you've smelled each other, made love with each other. Oh man, it's a whole different conversation at that point. Oh yeah, Absolutely. Yeah, so important. So authenticity and vulnerability are huge. I mean, we could probably do a whole nother interview just on those several, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah. Is there anything else you want to say about those two? Or do you want to move into the next, uh, the yeah, next segment here? We'll go into the next because I know we could, again, we could do a whole, con- a whole podcast just 
on uh, those two. And there's a lot oh, more. Yeah, to, I would lot. love to. Yeah, there's so and, you know, there's so much to be vulnerable about and vulnerable about as you go through uh, the different stages of a relationship, yeah. too. So, yeah, I would absolutely love to do that sometime. So the next uh, point that I make about how to get anyone to fall in love with you is 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 ra- what I call radical acceptance, radical acceptance. And what I mean by that is one of the one of the things that I worked to cultivate in the years before I met my wife was going when I would go out on dates and I dated a lot. I was six. I was single six years before I met Sylvie and I dated a lot. And 99% of the dates I went on, I knew very quickly that nah, this isn't this isn't going to go anywhere. But I was committed to spending that hour with a, a woman that I knew we weren't ever going to talk again, uh, to having a really beautiful time with her and to being curious, to being kind and generous honest, not, not leading her on, not pretending something's happening that it isn't, but, but genuinely just getting to know her and, and showing my curiosity and, and, and hearing whatever stories she wanted to share and sharing mine. And, 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 you know, what I was doing in that was, was, um, I heard, I've heard horror stories and I'm sure you have too, about first dates that where the chemistry is just off and then immediately, uh, you know, <laughs> the person that you're with acts like a total jerk or mm-hmm. they leave you, abandon you, or they don't want to pay their, you know, if, if you're, if, if you've been asked out by a guy, let's say, and then he, you know, leaves you with the check or doesn't want to pay for the whole thing and whatever, whatever, the, whatever it is. Yeah. I, n- no way. I would never do that on these. I was practicing, being in my heart, loving these women, not, I don't mean sexually. I just mean, uh, with integrity, just being a, being a generous and and accepting and loving person. Um, because that's ultimately what all of us want. We want to be accepted for who we are. We want to feel seen. We want to feel heard. We want to feel appreciated. So when I would go out on a date, um, I wanted these women to know that I was glad that they were here, even if both of us kind of knew, okay, this isn't where we're, our lives are so not in alignment. Yeah. But I'm going to have a great time and, and I'm going to be really present with you. And, and, and what I was also doing was ultimately practicing for, for, for the day I met my wife. So she, she got a man on that first date who really knew how to be present with a woman who knew how to, to to just be relaxed and at ease and kind and generous and 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 um <clears throat> connected and all of that so, it's but, so interesting yeah oh i was just gonna say that's exactly what i tell women to do right it sounds like you were being more process oriented rather than results oriented like all right you're not my future wife uh, let's just you know end this it's like no this person showed up that's kind of magical let's see why this person showed up let's see what i can learn about myself here and practice i think that is beautiful yeah. i love that that's right. And that, and that's, and that leads to number three, which is, and I've said it already actually is, is, is be, is connect, being connected to heart, connecting to my heart, right? How do I, and again, it's, I, I, that the title of that chapter is kind of cheeky. How do you, how to get anyone to fall in love with you? Mm-hmm. Um, it's kind of cheeky because, uh, I'm not talking about sexual love or romantic love. Those things may follow, but to really be in a loving connection with someone, <sighs> learning to be in my heart. And again, what do I mean by be in my heart? 
well, let's come back to those dates. I mean, look, I'm married now. I'm six years with my wife. I still do these practices that I did, whether I'm dating a woman, whether I'm on a, I'm on a first date with a woman that I will never see again, or I'm having lunch with my wife um, on a busy day, on an otherwise busy day. You know, being in my heart means, <sighs> means breathing fully. It means noticing any judgments, stories, thoughts that are going on in my head, any of that stuff, and uh, just relaxing and, and being, again, curious, listening to what the person in front of me is sharing, um, you know, being willing to hear their stories and to, to ask more questions. Um, you know, this, this, this connection to heart is sort of a, a poetic way of saying, just being present, just being generous, which doesn't mean giving them all my money. I don't mean generous with just financially. I mean, generous with, with my energy, with my attention. That is beautiful. I just love for women, you know, my audience here is mostly women, just to hear that there are men like that out there who are connected to their hearts and who want to be generous and loving, you know, yeah. towards one woman forever. I think that's so great for people to hear. Your book is amazing, by the way. I, I saw there was a chapter in there. I believe it was like six signs that a man is connected to his heart. Do uh, I have yeah. that right? Yeah. Yeah. I, I would love to do a whole episode just on that sometime. So, you know, we can actually great. recognize, yeah. right. Can recognize yeah. whether or not a man is at that place or at a place where, you know, yeah. he's available for, for a real relationship that's close and intimate and connected. So yeah, yeah. I, I love everything you're saying. And let's be clear, no human being, in my opinion and experience is going to be connected to their heart all the time. Right. I'm not, I wrote the damn book and I'm not connected <laughs> to my heart. <laughs> Even most of the time, I would say, you know, I regularly get drawn into my head, into my stories and fictions and projections and woundings and all of that. And I, I think that's the beauty of intimate relationship, though, when we do it well, we are we are mirrors to each other of, of when we are are disconnected from heart of when we are because when I'm disconnected from heart. And, and again, as I know it's a poetic thing to say and. There's a, there's a lot we could say about what does that actually mean and look like. But when I'm disconnected from my heart, my partner mirrors that back through her upset, her frustration, her her, her discontent, uh, her complaint, and vice versa. When she's connected, disconnected from her heart, I will mirror that back to her in my frustration and my defensiveness, perhaps. And so, you know, a, a conscious relationship, if I can use that term, is simply is is not a uh, a happy rainbows all the time relationship. A conscious relationship is where we are bringing our consciousness to everything that is arising, from the from the from the beautiful to the messy to the to the excruciatingly painful, moment by moment by moment. That's a conscious relationship. Absolutely. I totally agree. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I'll, probably a topic for, we could just talk for hours about that. Yeah. And I love you said too, that, you know, your wife can feel the disconnection. I think men can feel that too. when we're not connected to ourselves. 100%. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. We can both feel it. So uh, I love everything you said there. So authenticity, vulnerability, uh, being connected to your heart. Do I have that right? Any, anything else you wanted to add here? The radical acceptance. That was radical the acceptance. One. 
Yes. Yes. So important. Oh my gosh. Wow. This is so great. I just think every person in the world needs to hear this information, men and women. <laughs> so I know you, um, you also wanted to talk, well, we, I actually asked you um, if we could talk about the importance of self-love because you yeah. have a whole chapter in mm. your book devoted just to that. And I think that's mm. so important. By the way, your book is available on Amazon and is it on Audible now too? It's not on Audible yet. I, a lot of people are asking me for that. So I got to figure out how to make that happen soon. But it's it's just right now in print only. Amazon, Barnes and Nobles, uh, it's around the world on different, anywhere you would order books online, you should be able to find it. Perfect. Yeah, I'll include a link to it for sure. So just check the description of this episode. And yeah, you can you can get Brian's book. It's amazing. But yeah, let's talk about self-love and the importance of that and what it yeah. actually looks like and feels like. Because I know we can so easy to say, oh, just love yourself and be yeah. yourself. But if it were that easy, everyone would be doing that already, right? So I would yeah, love yeah. to hear your insights on that. Yeah. Well, and I want to clear up a myth about self-love uh, that seems to be a popular trope these days that before I can love anyone else, I have to love myself. Mm-hmm. Or before I can be in a healthy relationship, I have to love myself. And I'm all in on self-love, no doubt. But what I've also experienced is that we do so much of our healing work in relationship. You know, when I when I met Sylvie, I had been doing years of of personal growth work and self love work, and 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 you know, when I say self love work, what I'm really describing is is the 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 long journey of I'd lifelong, I say, of of learning about me, peering into me, discovering. Who, all that is this thing called Brian Reeves, you know, from my, again, my, my childhood wounds to my, my deep longings to my moment by moment feelings to uh, the, 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 the grievings, the, the losses in my past that maybe I've overlooked and, and haven't grieved uh, and to my gifts, to the things that, 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 to, to the art that I put into the world, to the, to the messages of my heart, all like all of that, right. This kaleidoscope that is Brian Reeves learning how to be with all of it, not just the good stuff, but the ugly stuff too. And, 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 and that's self-love learning how to not, not, not to say that uh, I shouldn't, you know, work to learn new skills about how to communicate, for example, effectively, you know, self-love doesn't mean, well, you know, when I wake up in the morning, I'm just a total asshole and I love myself. So people just have to deal with that. (laughs) Right. No, that's not what we're talking about, (laughs) (laughs) but I wait, I'm not a morning person. I'm a little grumpy in the morning. I'm, uh, you know, I don't feel good in the morning. It's, it's okay. I'm okay with that. I don't have to be the, the chipper pepper guy that just wakes up at 6am bright eyed, bushy tailed, ready to take on the day. That's not me. Uh, I'm a grumpy dude in the morning. Now that doesn't give me permission to take that out on my wife or on anybody else. That's not okay. But being just like, yeah, okay, that's that's how I feel in the morning. That's okay. I love that. I love that about me. There are other times in the day where I maybe have experiences that are, you know, that I that I enjoy more and maybe I, I want to share with others more. Right. That's 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 an act of self-love mm-hmm. also. So I just want to clear that up about this idea of self-love. It just means loving all of me 
while also still being committed to to doing relational work so that I'm not an asshole to other people, that my wife does feel safe in my presence regularly and consistently, that she does feel my enthusiastic choosing of her consistently. Oh, it's so perfect. I mean, yeah, it's like embracing and accepting all the parts of yourself. You're talking about radical accepting in the last piece. Mm-hmm. It's almost like radically yeah. accepting every single thing that comes right. up in you, even the parts that we, we might want to judge or not show to others. Is there any, you know, I know, again, we could talk forever about this, you know, how to stick your toe into this for women who, you know, maybe have parts of themselves that they don't want to face, you know, maybe Mm. some unpleasant experiences Mm. from their past or aspects of their personality. I mean, how would you get started with this? Is this is something you've (laughs) never even tried before? Well, I'm a big fan of uh, therapy. I mean, my wife is a Mm -hmm. therapist. So I, I think a lot of this gets revealed through conversation, but with, with conversation with someone who is safe to have these conversations with. Sometimes a friend or a family member is actually not a safe person to start sharing and talking because they haven't done their own work. So they, can't, they haven't kind of seen themselves. There's no way they're going to be able to hold what you see in yourself. It's going to terrify them. Because they don't want to see themselves, so they don't want to see you seeing yourselves. It's like, let's not anybody see ourselves, and let's just go shopping. <laughs> or watch, yeah. Can we just watch uh, Bachelor? Yeah, I love everything you're saying about self-love. I think that's so important. And something you talked about in another chapter of your book was the importance of not shrinking yourself down in order to yeah. fit what you think someone else wants or in order yeah. to become more appealing to them. I think that's actually a super courageous act of self-love to resist yeah. the urge to do that. I would love to hear anything you have to say on that. Yeah, well, well notice all of these themes really run together. It, it comes back to authenticity and, and vulnerability um, and, and practicing relationship as an invitation, not an obligation. And you know, when I, this chapter that I wrote about, uh, and I, I originally wrote this chapter for women specifically, cause I saw, so the title is, uh, you don't shrink yourself for love. And the observation that I made a number of years back was, and I've been guilty of this, uh, that, that so many women, probably all women to some degree, you, you tell me, Elena, if this rings true for you, but over and over, women get the message by and large from men you're too much oh my gosh i was just gonna say is it you're too much absolutely yeah we get it either consciously or unconsciously we feel that you know our emotions or our anger or our boundaries or something like that is gonna kind of scare a man away or turn him off but it's so true with the right person it's like the opposite happens i've really found so you hear too, you're too much. And so what a lot of women have learned is to shrink themselves in all kinds of ways from yep, shutting down your own emotions, not speaking up about what's happening for you, what's really going on for you, um, um, not communicating what you really want uh, or, or pretending that things are okay when they're not. Yes. Et cetera, et cetera. And so, so as a woman, she shrinks herself and then tragically then she becomes not enough for for the world also for a man or for the world so you you can't win you're either too much or not enough and uh, 
<laughs> and I'm a man saying this and I've done this. I realize that in my past, I have given these messages to women. You're, you know, you're in, you, essentially it's like what I'm saying is you're inconvenient to the outcome I want. Mm, wow. Oh my gosh. Really? That's not, that's what it really boils down to. You're inconveniencing to the outcomes that I want. Stop it. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, by, by shrinking yourself, then what a woman is ultimately doing is she's enabling my, um, my loving small. She doesn't, I don't have to learn how to love any bigger if my partner shrinks herself. But the, but the tragedy in that is I want to learn. Every man wants to learn how to love bigger, but we, because we don't, we don't know what we're doing. We're not conscious of this. These are the messages we get to not trust the feminine. Um, we feel overwhelmed by the feminine. I know that's a big word I'm using. I'm not defining, but um, you, there's so many layers of this, Helena. But the, <laughs> the point is, is that a woman? It doesn't serve. We, you, you don't serve yourself. You don't serve a man. You don't serve the world by shrinking yourself just to be loved or accepted. Now, again. I'm not saying that that's an excuse to not do your personal growth work, to not learn communication skills, to not do your therapy, to, you know, I, I, I believe relationships are 100, 100 propositions. They're not 50, 50 deals. They're 100, 100. Both parties have a hundred percent responsibility for the success of the relationship. And we men need to learn to love bigger. And I know that most men won't agree to that. Uh, I know that my work is often triggering to men at first hmm. because men will often feel aggrieved. We feel men, many men feel like we're the we're the ones that have been kind of get beat up on. Uh, but I'll often remind men. I, I did this in a podcast recently with Mark Groves where. Um, he was saying, uh, he said, uh, you know, Brian, isn't it, don't a lot of men feel like, you know, we're kind of getting pushed around a little bit in, in the relationship space. And I said, yeah, Mark, that's certainly true, but, but we may be getting pushed around a little bit, but, but women have been sat on for centuries in mm. relationship. So sure we get pushed around, but, but what women have been subjected to, it's been, you know, all, all things in the world, by and large, have been uh, overrun by masculine concerns and shallow ones at that. So I think we are living in an age where we – I mean, look at the earth for that matter. The earth is – is the mother earth is the – is she starting to give us feedback that, okay, we haven't been very good to her. You know, fire. I live in California. The, the whole damn state risks catching yeah. on fire. And I think the same is true in, in, in like with the Me Too movement. I think that also is a rising of of the feminine saying we're not going to shrink ourselves anymore and stay quiet anymore. And so I know I'm, I'm talking about big, big ideas here. But even in a relational context, I think it's super important that women learn the skill and the practice of being authentic and vulnerable of not shrinking their feelings just because a man can't handle it. I totally um, agree. Yeah. I know we did an interview, I believe on boundaries a few years ago where you said, if you're in a relationship with someone and you're starting to, you know, 
feel confident enough to express your boundaries, the other person isn't going to just go, okay, great. Yeah, we have, we have this agreement now. Sure. Like there might be, uh, it might rock the boat a little bit. Right. And I, and I know a lot of women are afraid of that. What what would you say to a woman who's in that situation? Well, there's a lot of nuances to that, but I will say that, you know, I'm again, I'm with my wife now six years together and, and it took us a few years to learn each other's boundaries to, to, it took us, it took boundaries being violated a number of times, not because, not because of any malicious intent, but just because we're two very different people. We have different sensitivities. We have, we have different requirements, which is another term for boundaries. And it took us a while to learn uh, each other's sensitivities, boundaries. And I think what's, what's most important is not whether you get it right, right away, but is your partner, are they, are they willing to get there? Like, are they willing, are they open to being, to, to learning? Are they open to being influenced by your sensitivities? Even if they maybe don't like it at first. Because, mm-hmm. Helena, there were, there were things about that Sylvie, there were sensitivities that she brought that I was not, I wasn't all that excited to show up for. <laughs> right, <laughs> right. Straight up honest. And vice versa. You know, there were things that I sensitivities I had that she had no clue what they were about or or how to really meet them. And but both of us communicated in all kinds of ways that we wanted to learn and that we did want to grow and that we knew that that we're on a journey together and that, you know, I was doing either coaching work or therapy work. I mean, for my not not. I mean, I coach other people, but I was also getting coached, getting therapy. Um, Her too. She's committed to getting therapy. She still goes to a therapist regularly. Uh, We go to a therapist together when we, when we hit a wall where things kind of grind or where we, we just encounter something that's, that feels bigger than our capacity to resolve it. So I, I look for that far more than whether or not you get it perfect every day. Oh, so great. Or whether or not he responds the way you were hoping he would. Exactly. That first time. Yeah. Totally. Wow. That is so important. I really think everyone in the world yeah. just needs this information. So I know we're running out of time. Uh, yeah. I'll definitely include links to your book. And I know you have a boundaries program too. I don't know if yeah. that's still available. It um, is. Anything else you have to say about this topic or how people can get a hold of you or what you're offering right now? I would love to hear that. Yeah. Well, I would say for, for, the, for the women listening, uh, my book, Choose Her Every Day or Leave Her, is an essential resource. Uh, m- m- many of the uh, reviews on Amazon are from women. Uh, it's a book that serves women very, very well. I think you'll, you'll learn both what's in the mind of, of, of men, you really get insight into the, cha- into the struggles and challenges that we face in doing intimacy. But also like these chapters on, on don't shrink yourself for love. I mean, there's a lot of this is written also that validates a, a woman's experience. But I also give lots of tools and, and practices that people can do to create more connection in their relationships. So that book, Choose Her Every Day or Leave Her, I think is a great resource for women. I have a boundaries program that I did with my wife, Sylvie Kukasian. Uh, it's called uh, Boundaries, Relationships Suck Without Them. And that's on my website at brianreeves.com. It's Brian with a Y, Reeves, R-E-E-V-E-S.com. And I know you'll put a link to that. Uh And finally, if there are men, uh, to the men listening, I know there are men listening. 
Yeah, I, I definitely do have some men listening yes. because I, I get comments from them. Absolutely. Great. So to the men listening, I am, I invite you to work with me. I invite you. Uh, there's two different uh, opportunities that I'm launching in the, in the coming weeks and months for men. I have a year long uh, coaching journey with a small group of men. Uh, that that begins in in all of twenty for all of twenty twenty two. This will be my second year doing it. I just did it this year. It's called Elevate twenty twenty two. It's an incredible journey with me uh, throughout the year, and you have to. It's by application only. Um, I, that's also on my website. You can learn about that. And then I'm I'm launching a course specifically for men that want to do relationship well. I don't have the details yet for that, Helena. But uh, reach out to me through my website. We'll be launching that in just a few weeks, and that's specifically for men to help men bring adventure back into their relationship experiences, bring connection, thriving. Uh, we men are set up to fail in relationship um, by by our fathers, by culture, by the programs that we receive. We're set up to fail. So I have I have a lot of compassion for for men. I know men want to do relationship well. We just don't have the skills or the insights and and the mentoring for that matter to do it well. And and that's what I'm creating for men as well. So just reach out to me about that if that intrigues you. So true. I mean, I have to say at least once or twice a week I get an email from a woman who says, "Do you know a coach that works with men? I have my partner's interested in this but can't find anyone." So I know there's going to be women listening too who have men in their lives that are going to want to apply. I'll know where to send them now. Definitely send them your way. So yeah, I'll include links to everything in the, uh, the details of this episode in the description. So you can go check out Brian's book and all of his work. I know you have some amazing blog posts on your website too, which I just absolutely love. This was great. Thank you so much. I'd love to do another episode sometime on vulnerability or radical acceptance. I think this is just so important for everyone to understand. So thank you so much. This was amazing. Thank you, Helena. It's my, my, my pleasure and my privilege to be here with you. Thank you. You're welcome. And for everyone listening, be sure to click the follow button on my podcast homepage. I have some amazing new episodes coming out next week that you definitely won't want to miss. So I will talk to you all again very soon. If you're tired of struggling in your love life and you want a proven system to get into and maintain a relationship where you're consistently loved, valued, and cherished, go to forever1234.com. Again, that's forever1234.com.